somebody else that knows L.A. sports pretty well. Chris Hayre jumps on with us. Uh, KCAL out in Los Angeles, the Chargers weekly podcast as well. Uh, I... I hate to bring up the charges, but we kind of have to do it, unfortunately. So uh, you're down to, well, we're not going to have any more Justin Herbert out there. Probably going to have a different head coach this offseason. What is just sort of the overall conversation around this team at this point in the year? Is it the belief is like they're just going to tank this thing the rest of the way? Because you still got a head coach that I'm assuming is fighting for his job out there. Well, Nick, good to be with you guys. Yeah, you know, it's it's a season of just a lot of missed opportunities. You know, five and eight is the last thing I think this team coming back from last year and, and what happened in Jacksonville envisioned going into this year with Justin Herbert, first year of this massive deal and playmakers all on the defense and offensive side of the football. And to, to see the way that they've lost these games, guys, I mean, it's, it's come down to one possession for a majority of the year. And that, that kind of wears on you. You know, sometimes you see teams like the Vikings last year who would win games, the one-possession games, and get to 13 wins, and you just kind of ride that wave and that momentum. It, it's been the complete opposite for the Chargers. A lot of injuries, and, you know, this would have meant something had the Raiders beaten the Vikings and the, the Chargers beaten the Broncos. You're still kind of fighting for a potential playoff spot. Um, it's anything but now, right? The, the Raiders score zero points on Sunday. The Chargers uh, get blown out by the Broncos. No Justin Herbert. So it's Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick. And obviously when you have a, a quarter of a season to go, there's pride involved. There's players that are free agents that, that got to put good tape out there. And you want to finish the, a season strong. But um, this has been a big disappointment for the Chargers, to say the least. And Chris, I was so excited for the offensive side of the ball coming into the season because Joe Lombardi was gone, and nothing against Joe Lombardi, but it was a lot of like Justin Herbert dinking and dunking down the field, even though he has a cannon for an arm. So I was excited for Kellen Moore. And now with you know the season kind of being a disaster and the defense not looking much better, if Brandon Staley is gone, what happens with Kellen Moore? Because the offense, I mean, you know, granted, like you said, the playmakers, you lose Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson's kind of been a bust his rookie year, but I thought the offense looked okay at times. So what happens with Kellen Moore now, you know, especially if there's a new, uh, if there's a coaching change? That's a great question. Uh, you know, I honestly, I, I don't have the answer. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I know that whatever happens next year, it has to be centered around Justin Herbert uh, making this offense as dynamic as possible and protecting him. You know, the, Kind of the protection uh, just was not there on Sunday, and he's been he's been beat up uh, quite a bit this year. Uh, yeah. So if if Kellen Moore is back, you know there were some flashes. I mean, let's keep in mind though, he lost Mike Williams in Week Three. He lost Corey Lindsley, his All Pro center, the week after. Joshua Palmer, who was uh, in his third year, the wide receiver from Tennessee, has come on really strong. He got hurt. Austin Eckler was out for four games. And I realize injuries happen in the NFL, but it's it's very difficult to sustain success offensively when you have that many guys coming in and out of the lineup. And I, I think arguably Keenan Allen has had his best year ever, but it, it comes to a point where, okay, if that's all you got on the outside, teams are going to key in on, on Keenan. So will Kellen Moore be back? I don't know. I, I just know that whatever happens this offseason, guys – it has to be catered around protecting Justin Herbert and, and having the requisite depth at wide receiver and running back. And, you know, running back's a whole other issue. You know, Austin Eckler has not looked like himself this year. And I think as long as Justin Herbert has been here, frankly, they have struggled to run the football. Now, every 
elite quarterback seems to have a, a running game that they can count on from time to time, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow with Mixon and you know, list goes on and on. Um, Pacheco and, and Mahomes. Um, the Chargers have not had a sustained run game. I, I look at Austin Eckler as kind of like the 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 get not a gadget guy, but a but an offensive weapon, a guy who you can kind of put everywhere. Not a true bell cow running back. And I'm, there's not a lot of bell cow running backs in the NFL, but you need a guy to get you tough yards, and they just don't have that right now. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Eckler because you're right. He's only had one one game, week one, against the Dolphins where he had over 100 rushing yards. And he's had a bunch of stinkers, right? The game against the Ravens, only 32 yards. Game against the Patriots, 18 yards. Like, what is it? Is it the offensive line or is it him? I, I think it's a combination uh, of things. Now, keep in mind, after that first week, he, he got hurt. And I don't know... Obviously, he hadn't been on the injury report, but you know when you have ankle injuries and you're running back and you've been in the league for as long as Austin has, and uh, it, it probably does wear on you uh, as we get into you know his eighth uh, season in the league. But I, you know what? I can't put my finger on it. Honestly, there's been games where you know Austin is best suited when you throw him the ball. These extended handoffs, these, these games where he has seven or eight catches. I go back to the game where they beat New England six to nothing. Three targets in the game, two catches for nine yards. Um, that's not a recipe for success when it comes to Austin Eckler. He, he's never really been the guy who's going to get you those four or five tough yards. Um, he's a guy that you want in space, um, and you need that complement to Austin Eckler, which I think the, the team has struggled to identify. So. Uh, it's a combination of factors. The offensive line has not played up to, to their standard. When you lose Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer on the outside, you can really key in on, on Keenan and Austin coming out of the backfield. Um, you know, and it's been a tough year for Austin. Obviously, we know what happened this offseason where he felt like he deserved a, a better contract and, uh, you know, was shopped around and didn't really get what he wanted. So he got kind of an incentive laden deal. And just it, it has not been the year that all the last two seasons, guys entering this season, and has just not looked like himself. Yeah, I mean it, that is one thing the Chargers have dealt with. I mean, you pointed that out uh, multiple times where this has just been injury after injury uh, for this team, and then on top of that, Austin Eckler back and then not really himself. So they, they, they've over certainly had a lot of obstacles this year. So look, they still got to play football games, Chris. They got. The, uh, they, they got the Raiders coming up on Thursday night. We got Easton Stick out there at quarterback. What is this offense going to look like? What can we expect from Easton Stick out there for the Chargers? You know, it's a good question. We, we just taped our Chargers <laughs> weekly podcast this morning, and this will be Easton Stick's first start in the NFL. But I've, I've known Easton since he was he was drafted into this league. First of all, could be a nicer guy. Uh, he, he comes from that that uh, North Dakota State program where Carson Wentz and Trey Lance, and you know he was a national champion quarterback, um, one of the best of all time in uh, in Division Two. So, I, I think what you're going to see is just a, a different game plan probably on, on Thursday. You know, he, when he came into the game, what we talked about, a lot of dropbacks. I don't think that that's really Easton's game. I think you're going to see more RPOs, maybe get him on the run a little bit. Um, and I'll say this, he built chemistry uh, with Quentin Johnson uh, in training camp and during the preseason. And Quentin Johnson has had a, a very, very difficult year, uh, as I think most people have seen. A lot of key drops, but had his best game by far 
on Sunday, and it happened when Easton Stick came in the game. Had his biggest reception of the game. I think it was about 55 or 57 yards. Uh, followed up with another uh, quick slant for 15 yards. And I think that maybe getting Easton under center will get Quinton going a little bit because they had that that chemistry in training camp. And um, uh, you're not, you're not going to see Justin Herbert, all right? I, that's you're not going to see that. But but I think you can get a guy who can extend plays. Um, find some of his receivers. I think he can always rely on Keenan Allen, and, and maybe he gets some rushing yards to boot. Chris, I was also really excited about the defense last year, right? Because you bring in like J.C. Jackson, and he was a complete bust. But then he goes back to New England and kind of looks like J.C. Jackson. Cleo Mack has more pressures through 14 weeks than he did all of last season. So is it scheme? Because Brandon Staley is obviously supposed to be the defensive guru. Or is it talent uh, when you look at this defense being, you know, outside the top 15 once again this season? Yeah, you know what? It's certainly not talent. When when you have Joey Bosa, who is now hurt, and Khalil Mack, who's having one of the best seasons of his career, and Tuli Tui Pelotu, who's been just a force. He's going to be a franchise so cornerstone player. Run. Unbelievable against the run. And it, it, I kind of call him the, the John Stockton of sacks. He just sets he sets Khalil up for sacks. The way he plays, <laughs> um, he was a steal in the in the second round. But it's not talent. And, and guys, I, I find myself kind of scratching my head throughout the year because – you have an all-pro safety in Derwin James. He was an all-pro's rookie year, right? You have uh, Michael Davis, who I thought was playing like a top-10 cornerback to close last season. Um, Asante Samuel Jr., who's a ball hawk. Kenneth Murray, a first-rounder. Eric Kendricks. You know, they got guys. Um, and that's what's I think, so confusing to me is nobody was new in the secondary. And for, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's scheme and it's it's more confusing than, than other schemes, but just a lot of breakdowns. And the, the defense would play good for three-quarters of the game or sometimes a majority of the game, but it's that one or two plays that make a difference. I remember the, the Monday night game against the Cowboys. You know, they played great against the Cowboys, a lot of 20 points. But they gave up a 60-yard uh, catch and run to Tony Pollard, and that set up the game winner. So I, I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I can't because the team is loaded uh, with with talent, individual talent. But um, there have been injuries. Again, if we want to go back to injuries. But, again, I, all 32 teams in this league uh, have that type of adversity throughout a year. Um, they have played better to their credit uh, since that Ravens game. They've, they've played pretty well uh, uh, defensively. And then the offense is sputtered. Obviously, Vince did last last week with seven points, six points against the Patriots, ten points against the Ravens. So complimentary football has been what has kind of plagued this team. You mentioned just not knowing what was going on with the secondary. We were really excited when the Chargers got J.C. Jackson. Just couldn't couldn't think of a better fit. And he did absolutely nothing, was getting DNPs, obviously gets traded back to the Patriots. Like, what went wrong there from what you can gather? And how much will his contract, the fact that when they traded him to New England, they agreed to take not just his salary this year, but the $20 million bonus next year for a dead cap hit? It's tough. It's like, like, like to this program and, and you see the players around him in the secondary and you saw what Bill Belichick did with him as a as an undrafted player from from Maryland and I, I think he had 16 interceptions over the the previous two seasons before he entered the the Chargers um it you know what it didn't start well um it, it didn't start well in training camp he had an ankle injury that, that took him out of week one if you remember last year and he he kind of rushed back Thursday night football against the Chiefs gave up a big play and 
was just never really the same. Um, and then had this devastating knee injury that took him out for the rest of the year. Worked his way all the way back. I tell you this, I was not expecting him to be ready to go for training camp, and he was practicing right off the rip. And you thought, okay, man, this guy worked his way back. He, he's he's into it. And it just, week one was a nightmare. You put him on Tyreek Hill on an island, and you know Tyreek has done that to everybody this year. But just the way that the season started, uh, uh, kind of a boneheaded play before the half that led to three points and um, getting beat by Tyreek throughout the game, it just wasn't a fit, and it wasn't working anymore. Um, it wasn't working in that locker room, wasn't working in the secondary. And, and I think sometimes you have to have the wherewithal to realize that you made a mistake and you just got to move forward. And I think that's what the Chargers did with JC. Chris, still got about a minute or so here. Obviously, this has nothing to do with the Chargers, but it is a division rival. What do you think about the way the Chiefs game ended with the Kadarius Tony and the penalty and then obviously the way Mahomes <laughs> responded to it? You know, if uh, – if there was an incomplete pass to Kelsey, I, I don't think that, that Mahomes would have the same fervor that he had uh, had it been the the way that that play played out. I'll say this: I, I've watched Patrick Mahomes a lot, and uh, I I know that he likes to do this a lot when he sees a flag and first down, and let's let's keep moving the chains. Um, obviously, I think the refs need to be a little bit more consistent with that call. Um, I think Dan Orlovsky had a, a pretty good breakdown of like four or five different times Kadarius yes. Tony was doing that during yeah. that game. So I, I, I look at it as, okay, the ref's got to be more consistent, but if Patrick Mahomes wants to be upset, he should be upset as, at his receivers. You know, whether it was uh, MVS a couple of weeks before dropping a pass, whether it was Tony at the beginning of the season in week one dropping a bunch of balls, just line up correctly, right? It, it check with the refs or don't check with the refs and make sure you're lined up correctly and that won't happen. I, I realize the frustration, but come on, man. Like, it, it's yeah. this is this is boiling over a little bit, guys, for the Chiefs because the Chiefs are, are used to winning and having a whole playoff game. This hasn't gone the way everybody's Yeah, I, it, it, it is. It, look, it's something that uh, I think a lot of people messed up on a lot of sides. Chris Hayre, really good to talk to you, man. Appreciate you giving us the time. You guys are great. Thanks so much. There he goes. It's Bet MGM tonight.